welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Today, I've got something special in store for you, an exclusive flashback episode. These interviews, which I'll run a handful of times a year, feature guests from my Transformational Author Experience, an online training I ran from 2011 to 2018, featuring top authors, publishers, and industry leaders. Some of these interviews are just too good to keep locked up in cyberspace any longer. So I'm bringing you one of my favorites today. I am thrilled that we have with us right now Scott Hamilton, New York Times bestselling author, Olympic gold medalist, I think four-time world champion, four-time national champion, if I am remembering correctly, but I think that's what the history is. And today we're specifically going to be talking about Scott's amazing new book, Finish First, and we're going to be talking specifically about how to finish first as an author and in life. And before I bring Scott on, I just want to tell you that for me personally, I think this is one of the most significant interviews I've done. And I've interviewed, you know, well over a couple hundred authors and publishing industry experts and leaders. But I was actually there in 1981 in Hartford, Connecticut. I even have my uh, souvenir mug to prove it when Scott won his first ever gold medal in the world championships. I was the flag bearer for the country of Belgium in the opening and closing ceremonies. And I got to witness Scott win, and it was like, it was amazing. So here I am, years later, and uh, welcome, Scott. I'm thrilled you're here. Well, thanks so much for having me on. This is going to be a fun conversation. And I remember that world very well. A lot of memories from that world. It was amazing in the way that it was so well attended. We had over 5,000 people at an exhibition practice at that world championship. So it was a big deal for skating and it was um, obviously a big deal for me. So I'm glad you were there. Well, me too. I wouldn't want to miss that for the world. No, I guess no pun intended (laughs) for the being the world. So then will you talk just a little bit? I want to dig into finish first and the, you know, the, the mentality and the mindset that you have and you talk to people about all over the world. But before we do that, like, you know, national champion, world champion, Olympic champion, you know, broadcaster for a number of years. I mean, my husband, we can't watch figure skating without him saying something about, he is fighting for it, right? That's got Hamilton's favorite words. But how did you go from all of that? Like, what inspired you to actually use books to share your message? You know, it, it seems so logical. You know, if you're able to craft a message and to put it into book form, it allows people to kind of come and go or, you know, dedicate straight read through, but then they can go back and, and do different things. I've had a lot of people that bought the audio version of the book and then they, they realized there was enough in there where they wanted to go back and get the hard copy of the book so they could highlight things and be reminded of the things that they heard me say. So it really is about, you know, having it in print allows people to digest it, getting everything, you know, through spoken word. You know, sometimes like I go to a church every Sunday, other sermons are like, 
yes, they're so powerful. And I leave and I go, oh, I wish I could go back to that middle thing, <laughs> you know? And so I, I think books are really a, a, a really powerful platform for people to take in the information on their own terms and really be able to apply that, apply that, you know, the concepts of the book on, on their own time. Well said. Thank you. Now, for those who don't know about your journey, they may know you as, you know, everything you are in the figure skating world and see you on TV and all of that. For the people who don't know your personal journey over the last few years, which I'm sure had something to do with fueling the message of Finish First, would you be willing to share a little bit of the background of the path of transformation that you've been walking? <laughs> you know, I, I, growing up, you know, life was a mystery. I was adopted. And so there's none of that expectation, you know, that you have with a birth child because we know who we are as people and we anticipate our children are going to be very much the same. When you have an adopted kid, they're, they're kind of like, Ooh, let's see where they go. If they're going to be athletic, academic, something else, you know, their, their journey is sort of like a, a you know, a kind of a, uh, a white canvas, you know, it's just sort of hasn't been filled in yet. Where if you're a birth child, people know what to expect. So Growing up, you know, was really, uh, it was very open hand, you know, it was like, what do you want to try? What do you want to do? What do you want to get into? And my parents were really smart to allow me to kind of navigate toward what I, I felt comfortable doing, you know, what, what was my skill set as a nine-year-old? Well, who has a skill set when they're a nine-year-old? <laughs> you know, was, you know what, what kind of activities could they put me in where it suited my personality and my size and everything else? And Honestly, um, skating was a perfect thing for me to get into. I was sick as a child, so I didn't really have any muscle development. And getting on the ice and, and learning a new kind of coordination and being in a cool rink uh, with cool air was good in my lung condition. And, you know, going up and learning how to skate, you know, I, I learned how to fall down. I learned how to get up. I learned how to fall down. I learned how to get up. And, you know, um, I repeated that process many times. Didn't like the compulsory figures at all, which was, you know, kind of like if you're in a job situation and you just only choose like, I'm only going to do half my job, <laughs> I'm not going to do the other half. Well, you're not going to be very successful. So I spent a lot of time losing in those years, failing tests, not really doing well. Um, when it came to a sectional and even making it to the nationals was limited. Finally, when I did make it to nationals, I fell five times in my long program and came in dead last. Never going to let that happen again. So I'm back the next year and I came in next to last. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time being unsuccessful. And, you know, I, I look back on that now and it's like that was really important because, you know, what I ended up becoming later on was all a product of everything I experienced early on. All that losing, all that understanding of, you know, what the process is. And, you know, if I was doing it all wrong, that's, that was okay at the time because I learned what didn't work. You know, it's like that didn't work. So I got to try something else. And in, in kind of, you know, trying to shore myself up from the weaknesses, from what um, being lack of preparation, from all the different things I learned. And I learned from a lot of people around me what works. And as soon as I figured out what worked, I was able to go on a tear that really hasn't been repeated since and i don't say that to brag i'm just saying it's really hard and there's a lot of luck involved but the harder you work the luckier you get you know that type of thing so you seeing where we are going you know kind of in our culture where you know we want to spare children you know the 
the harsh feelings of losing and processing that, you know, participation trophies everywhere. I, I, I just see kids, you know, they're not getting the most out of it, what they're doing because, you know, in order to really feel the joys that come with uh, victory, you know, you have to have something to compare it to. <laughs> and, you know, when you eliminate that and say, no, 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 we don't really need to let our children lose. They, they don't have anything to base what their work is for. If it's always going to be win, 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 then we're stuck. And, and that can happen later on in life in the, in the business place where we get kind of like, I know who I am. You know, I kind of, this is my job. This is who I want to be. And I thought, why not just mix it up a little bit? Why not create a path to victory where, you know, people can, we all have those fantasies of, of, oh, I want to be, oh, wouldn't it be great if I got recognition or if I got, you know, uh, some sort of prize or if I did something that was notable or, and I think we all have these things that we desire in our lives. Wouldn't it be really fun and special for you to do that? And we go, ah, eh, no, not so much. That's not me. So I figured it out, you know, from being a, um, a, you know, kind of a dedicated loser to now figuring out a way to go undefeated for four years. It still to this day kind of seems like another person from another planet. But I, I learned all those things, and I thought that if I could put it in a form where, you know, it's non-threatening and, and we just are able to identify things in a certain way, then I'm, I might be able to help people get on their path to victory and, and living the lives that they're really meant to live. I mean, we all have a purpose. We all have something about us that makes us unique. You're the only one of you ever in the history of the world. So that makes you special. How, you know, how do we leverage that in order to take it as far as you possibly can to give yourself, you know, give yourself the greatest level of, of joy in your life as possible? And that's where Finish First came from. That's beautiful. And, you know, it's interesting. You talk about, you know, paving a path of victory. And this step that we're talking about in the curriculum here for TAE is about paving your path for transformation which I think they're probably interspersed. I mean, to really be victorious, to really win, and not just externally, but internally, they're so aligned. Well, winning isn't like a natural thing. Winning is, is something that you have to go after. And, you know, and I think we all want to be the best versions of ourselves we can possibly be. And that comes with, you know, showing up, you know, that comes with, understanding and and I you know I'm, and this year has been a really powerful one because when I was at the Olympics you know I, I got to be really good friends with the venue manager for the arena where the figure skating took place and great guy and you know really young you know really great leader and he just said he's really worried about his culture because you know a lot of the the people growing up in Korea are growing up without hope you know it's like no 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 you don't do that's not for you you just do as you're told and everything will be fine and he said, I really, I, feel, I worry about my country. Would you mind talking to my staff? And I go, absolutely not. A lot of young Korean people, they're actually from all over the world, but one in particular, this young Korean girl, she was probably 18, came up to me at the end of my talk and she goes, I don't understand what you mean about purpose. And I go, really? Well, what's your question? And she said, I'm not good at anything. And the way she said it, made me think that this is something that she's been told over and over and over again. You just do what, you're, what we tell you to do because you're not good at anything. And I, I said, well, whoa, 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 let's just break this thing down. I said, what do you like to do? What brings you happiness? What brings you joy? She goes, I love to read. And I go, oh, you love to read. 
And she said, I do. And I go, what, what were the last two books you read? And she said, I read Jane Eyre and Wuthering Heights. And I said, oh, you love the classic. And she said, yes, I do. And I go, maybe you're an author. And right there, I saw her eyes just do that, you know, that thing. And I was like, oh, I struck a nerve. <laughs> I woke <laughs> up a little bit. And I realized in that moment that I, I, I was the first one to give her permission to dream. I was the first one to give her the ability to, or the understanding that, yes, she can in fact accomplish something in her life. And it was really a powerful moment because I had to wonder how many other people are going through that in their lives of saying, I'm really not good at anything. I really don't have any value. And I'm just going to kind of not do much. I'm just going to like relax and just sort of do as I'm told. I think it's a really tough way to live because we all have something to accomplish and something to contribute to our world and our society. Absolutely. So would you say then, like, I mean, picture right now, we've got, you know, thousands or thousands of people watching this and each and every one of them signed up for something called the transformational author experience. So would it be safe to say that, you know, the first step really for paving that path for, for transformation is for someone to truly believe that they can dream and not only can they dream, but that dream is possible with, you know, you talk about hard work, dedication, falling down, getting, getting back up. Do you think well, it starts with that, with the dream? Well, I think it starts with, you know, that dream of who am I and, and you know, what would I really want to feel in my life? How do I want to live this life? How do I want to, at the end of the day, what would make me really happy right now? Because every single goal comes out of a certain set of, you know, parameters of where you are right now. And I, I don't, I don't like using words like hard work and determination because those are really kind of negative words. I like using words like commitment and repetition. Um, it's much easier to, to, you know, wrap your head around committing to something and then repeating the steps it'll, you know, it'll take in order for you to get stronger. We learned how to walk, but we don't remember that, right? And we don't even think about it anymore. We just get up and go. And for a while there, we were really unsteady and we didn't really have the strength to do it. But you know, now it's... No, you know, we just don't even think about that anymore. It's all about repetition, repetition, repetition. And wherever you are now and wherever you want to be, it's in that idea of repeating the same, you know, positive steps, showing up with intention of being a little further along tomorrow than you were today and pushing through a lot of those barriers. That I mean, that's where, you know, then all of a sudden you get to your goal and you're like, wow, that was really something. And then you realize that because you hit this deadline, you hit this goal, there's like, five more things just waiting for you on the other side. So one thing leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. And it's just getting on that beautiful, amazing conveyor belt, you know, of activity and, and success that'll, um, I think, allow people to truly understand who they are and what they're made of. Mm, thank Why? you. I wrote down a couple of words that you said here, intention, commitment, repetition, and I think it's impossible to write a book without any of those things. So for those of you who are hanging out over in our Facebook group and kind of, you know, catching up there in between, well, at least just the first two classes so far, but I'd be curious, those of you who'd be willing to actually go over to that group, it's transformationalauthor.com forward slash group, if you haven't been there yet, and actually share, like type in and speak to your commitment and what your intention is for this journey of writing your book. 
And it sure does take repetition because it's, you know, you got to sit down and write and write and write. So Scott, I'm curious, um, what was the writing journey like for you for Finish First? It was really a great process. You know, I had somebody, you know, help me with, with organization of, of everything. And it was really a group effort. You know, we, we sat around, we came up with this concept. Uh, Donald Miller um, actually was the one that brought me this concept. He said, you should do this. And I thought, well, if he thinks I should do that, then I should definitely do that. And so we sat around in a, in a room. There was about, I guess, four or five of us. And we just came up with what's the process of, of winning. And then we kind of came up with the headers of, of this and this, this. And then we took all these index cards and we said, under this thing right here, let's say showing up every day, what does that look like with cards, 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 cards? And then I, I stood up on this ladder and I took a picture of this ottoman, this gigantic ottoman that was just covered with all these, these post-it notes. And then it was connecting all those notes to one to another, which was a really fascinating process because honestly, any, any book or anything else, it's just storytelling. And if you're able to start with, you know, here's where you start and here's where you finish and you're able to, you know, kind of fill it in as you go and then from top to bottom. So it's, it's kind of a, a horizontal and a vertical process, you know, and, and um, it was really exciting and being able to talk to, you know, cause a, a big uh, target for this book was, you know, young people, millennials, people trying to build their careers, people trying to be better in school, people trying to be better in sports. And it was all the, you know, kind of, pain points that came with all of those things. And it's like, well, what about my friends? What about, you know, they keep calling me. They want to go out every night. They want to do this, they want to do that. I go, your friends aren't on a, on a path to winning, right? You mm-hmm. are. So if you want to be on a path, you've got to just set the parameters and set up your schedule and set up. Everybody I know that's ever been successful in writing, they just carve out, this time does not exist to anyone but the book. That's it. So they get up and they work. And like with Donald Miller, he likes to work in the morning. He goes from here to here, gets all of his writing done, and then he goes about the rest of his day. I wrote a story in the book um, about a a young drummer who wanted to be a great musician in a town of musicians, Nashville. And so he rented a storage space where he keeps his drums. And every day after work, he'd go play drums for a few hours, four hours. And is he like, want to go to dinner? Nope, I'm I'm drumming. Well, I'm going to see you on the weekend. You know, and so he, he just carved out that time. This time does not exist for anything but what I'm doing. Same with my skating. I would start in the morning and I would do a four-hour block and then I'd go back at night and do a two-hour block. And nothing got in the way of that. There was never going to be any reason for me to not show up or put it off to another day. It's structure. And without structure, you really don't have any way of moving forward or being successful. I love what you're saying right now. And I feel like there are some people who are watching this who might have just taken a big like, like, ooh, you know, I really do have to carve out that time and make that commitment and be structured because I tell you one thing, I'm sure Scott would agree, the words aren't going to write themselves. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, 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 if you, I'm way more comfortable with structure than I am without. Like if I'm just sort of floating in space in a day, it's like, ah, I don't, I got to do something. I don't feel right. Just like, or I'm just, why am I just sitting here watching TV? I mean, it's, it's so nonproductive, but if you have structure, like it comes with comfort and it comes like my kids are way happier when they have structure 
than if I go, just go do your thing. What am I going to do? I don't care. Just go do your thing. Well, I don't, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, we're way, I think all of us if, as human beings, we're better off if we create structure in our lives and it allows for us to be way more successful because each day is the same, only maybe a little better and a little stronger, a little deeper because of, you know, the previous experiences in that same block of time. You just grow, you grow better and you grow stronger and, and, uh, you're able to think better if that's your time to get that done. Well, a couple of things here I find interesting. For those of you who either have or will upgrade to the Diamond Pass for this training, you get access to my Get Your Book Done Home Study Program. And it's funny, Scott, because for 11, yeah, 11 years now, I have been teaching people how to write books using that index card method. And, (laughs) you know, I I suggested to have a big bed or, you know, a big stretch of floor. Just move the furniture out. Yes. Plot it all out, move this over. And what's great is, and you know, when you do that, you can move things here or there or over or, and sometimes a certain subject matter kind of is good in both, you know, and so you can copy it and put it in both, but it's different positions to support that idea. It's a cool process. It really is. And then, then you just sort of fill it in. Plus, you know what else I found to be really helpful is Donald Miller's story brand approach. It's, you know, how you tell a story is, it's really amazing. So if you, if you, you know, building a story brand, his book, it kind of teaches you about marketing and everything else. But the main thing about that, which is really cool is every single thing in the human experience is storytelling. And it's how you tell your story and how you're able to use storytelling to get your point across. And With Finish First, you know, a lot of the way it was written was in the story brand style is you've got a problem, right? You know, and you picked up this book because you have a challenge. I'm your guide. I'm going to walk you through this thing. And here are your, here's the, it's in front of you. And I teach you how to get past it. And then here's where you want to be at the end. And that's with, you know, a clear path to your goal. And it's a fascinating way to write. And it's a really fascinating way to read. Pretty much every movie is based on that. Here's a person who has a problem, who meets a guide, who helps them, you know, and here's um, the solution to the problem. And um, it's an extraordinary way to um, lay out any kind of book, whether it be nonfiction or fiction. And when you as an author, you, Scott, and everyone listening and watching right now, when you as an author really, like, see yourself and hold yourself in that place of guide. It, I, I don't know about you, Scott, but to me, it feels like a very sacred is the word. I mean, sometimes there are people who, you know, will read your book and it could literally save their life. So when you say guide, like I really see this very safe and sacred connected relationship between author and reader does that resonate at all with you? You know, I, I just, I've experienced a lot of things and it almost feels like the most important aspect of those experiences aren't that I got past them or through them, but how do I share them? How do I, you know, allow people to, you know, cause you know, we're all human beings. We all, you know, have our struggles and we all have our challenges and, and it's how do we help each other? My coach would always say that, 
um, when I was, he had a lot of his sayings. He was a very, you know, well-read, smart man. But he always had these sayings when I was getting a little out of control or out of my lane. One of them was, silence is the absence of sound, which is, shut up and listen. <laughs> you know, um, every time I complain about getting through my program, say, ah, that hurts. And he goes, the absence of pain is death. And I go, okay, all right, I'm happy. I'm happy with my ouch. <laughs> and then he would always say, you know, humans are a social animal. They cannot survive without each other. And I thought that was really profound because we do crave interaction and we crave the experience and the friendships and the interaction and um, the experience of just, you know, being with somebody else and, and, you know, relating to them and speaking with them and being fascinated by them or whatever. And I just felt like, whatever the reasons I've had to enduring all this crazy stuff, it, it'd be wasted if it weren't shared, you know, to help lift someone who's going through a lot of the, uh, the crazy stuff that I went through. And, and it's broader than just skating and cancer and brain tumors. It's, it's about the challenge. You know, we're all challenged to find what we're meant to do and, and how we're meant to do it. And even though skating was an illogical choice for me, I had to bump around and fall down and, you know, I, I was banging into walls the whole time until I finally figured out a way to kind of get myself up into the next level, into the next level. And I thought, what a perfect way to do that, to share that was, you know, it's through a book form where you can lay it out logically so people can digest it. So, you know, I, I one audience I never ex- anticipated like I thought this was going to be for people just forming their lives and everything. It's really honestly for everyone. I mean, everyone that has, has responded to me or written a note or something has said this truly spoke to me in a really specific way. And senior citizens, I've gotten so many notes from seniors saying, you know, I'd kind of given up. I'd retired and I wasn't really doing much. And I just sort of felt like my usefulness was over. And then all of a sudden I picked up your book and it was like, just, you know, because I, I feel kind of appeal to that audience. And all of a sudden I picked up my book and it's like, I have all these things I want to do now because you gave me permission to do that. And it's like, that's the stuff. I mean, I'm so, you know, it's, it's, it's those little hidden treasures that you can get out of, out of writing and sharing something with somebody that you never know how they're going to read it or who's going to read it. And, yes. and what a gift that is not only to them, but it is as to you as well as the writer. Well, just in the very first class of this, uh, of this transformational author experience, I talk about a tool called the transformational quadrant or the transformation quadrant. And I talk about how writing a book is transformational in four different ways that sort of work together. And that it's a transformation of the author, the transformation that they hope for their readers, the transformation that they, you know, want that book to have and for their business, their larger work and message in the world. And, you know, ultimately, like if everyone read this book, you know, how might the world be different? What would be the big ripple effect? So I'll be curious to actually, you know, talk with you a little bit about this. Did you set out at all thinking that that writing this book would change you in some way? Or did, did you shift in writing it as a human being? Yeah, in some ways, you know, in, in, I think, you know, the, the greatest way, you know, in, in telling someone else, you know, that here's something you can do, it sort of makes you look at, well, am I doing that? You know, it's like I'm telling somebody else to it, am I doing that? And I am, you know, in many ways, you know, I, I am and, um, and, you know, whatever that next thing is, right, you know, because you're always looking for the next thing. 
And I have no idea what I'm going to be when I grow up. I mean, I'm almost 60 and I haven't figured that out. You know, <laughs> it's like, when am I going to get a real job? Uh, I don't know. But, you know, it just comes down to, am I doing this process in my own life every day? And I guess I had to in order to get the book in on time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but on the other side, it's like, having these really healthy debates, you know, it's when I, when I told Dan Jansen about, you know, winning changes everything. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just, let's just, you know, I, I'm really uncomfortable with that. You know, this whole finish first, winning changes everything. And I said, why? And, and he, he kind of explained, you know, kind of his, what he thought, you know, when he, and I go, no, 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 here's what it really is. And in talking to him about it, um, he was like, Oh, that's okay. I get it. I shared his story about how he kept falling, you know, in, in each Olympics and how he got up and he tried and he'd fall. And finally, in his last race, he won, right? And then at the Olympics this last this last time around, um, the curling team was falling flat on their face. They lost, I think, their first four matches, and they were about this close to being eliminated. And then one of the curling guys just sat down with Dan and, and, you know, he heard about Dan's story and he heard it right from him. And he was so inspired with that story of getting up until you win that they went out and they won the gold medal. First time the United States has ever beaten a gold medal and they beat their, you know, like the best team in the world in Sweden in a gold medal match. And he, he gave Dan Jansen all the credit. And at the end of it, um, I saw Dan on the plane on the way home and I go, how important is your story now, Dan? <laughs> you know? We don't know until it, someone like latches a hold of it and it allows them to, to kind of um, realize their own abilities to um, be, you know, to get up and to, you know, figure out failure and then figure out success. So, you know, it, it's really a, an interesting thing because finish first is an aspiration. Finish first is a way of, it's sort of, you know, yeah, it's pretty blatant on their finish first but it's more it's like finish first in a way that you are allowing yourself to be in the best position you can getting to that finish line however it works and whatever your finish first is a girl from uh brazil competed in the winter olympics in ladies figure skating i think she came in 18 that's the best anyone's ever done <laughs> in that country right so finish first comes in many different forms, shapes, sizes, and it's really about being better than you've ever been before. Mm. That, just being better than you've ever been and, and just really setting the bar high and then getting there and then the bar goes up and then you get there and the bar goes up and you and and so on. So wouldn't it be great if we all did that? Wouldn't it be great if, if that's the way we all lived our lives? It would be really extraordinary because we're all in it together. Yes, we would definitely, I think, be living in a different world. And I feel like some of you are maybe uh, need to go over to our Facebook group and actually make the commitment to yourself that through this process of writing your book, you are going to make a commitment to being the best version of you you know, not leaving anything on the table, not, you know, quitting, not falling down and staying there because, you know, it's challenging or difficult or, you know, what have you, like that it really is about making the commitment to being your best. 
So on that note, that finishing first isn't necessarily about winning an Olympic gold like you did and, you know, breaking all sorts of records with medal holding and um, all of that, but finishing first for someone's, you know, own personal experience. Let's say, Scott, that we actually have someone watching right now who's sort of one foot in, one foot out. They want to write the book, but they've got all these voices. You know, who do you think you are? It's not going to be good enough. Um, And they're sort of teetering between just taking that leap of faith and making a commitment or shying away from it and never knowing the possibility of what could happen. As you say, with the story about Dan and, you know, speaking to the curling team and just the impact of showing up Mm -hmm. um, and no matter what, you know, the repetition commitment and things you talked about earlier for that person who's just in an uneasy place in their heart, um, maybe not sure that they can do this and write this book um, and have it impact. Like what would your words of wisdom, any, you know, advice or suggestions that you have for the person in that place right now? What's the worst thing that can happen? You could fail. Failure, according to Finish First, is information. (laughs) Failure is feedback. Failure is nothing. Failure is is not something that's debilitating or horrific or leaves a giant scar. The worst thing that can ever happen is is you fail in your attempt or you fail in your your, process and you learn. You learn what worked and what didn't. You, you You get feedback. It's like, well, I didn't, okay, maybe I got to do this better. And next time I'm going to do that better. It's a never ending process. I mean, whoever we are today isn't going to be who we are tomorrow. But it's, it's in that that we can't be frozen in that fear of failure because, you know, we give failure way too much power. Failure is nothing. Failure is over the second it happens. How's that? It's information. It's feedback. Nothing else. It's not, it's, I was watching, um, it was in my grade eight book. I was watching Christy Yamaguchi skate one night and she went out for her first jump, which is the hardest jump she ever did in competition. And she fell really hard. And without like even spending a, a half a second on the ice, she was up and she was like presenting and on her program and she skated the rest of it beautifully. She didn't give that fall one millisecond of it, of, of attention or importance. She just moved on. And I thought about that. It was a life lesson and I knew it was a life lesson. I go, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if we all did that? We all fall down, we just get up like nothing ever happened. Like she learned the next night, she went into that triple odds, maybe a little different, you know, set it up a little bit. But, and she, you know, would hit it way more than she ever missed it. But in that moment, I learned that we, we give failure way too much power. Like if I see somebody in a skating competition and they make a mistake in the first jump of their program and they skate clean the rest of the way and they get down to the end and they're like, oh no, 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 no. Why did I make that mistake? It's like, oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> that happened so long ago. I forgot. Thanks for reminding me. Now I can give you a really low score. Failure has gotten way too much power and too much significance, way more than it's worth. I've, I mean, I've failed so many times. I've fallen so many times. i failed so many tests, messed up so many relationships. But that's, you learn from it. You don't allow it to prevent you from either, you know, the fear of the failure itself, forcing you to quit your project, or 
what happens if I do fail? Well, then, you know, you, you start over and you do something else. And, you know, you learn from, you take the information you got from that failure and you apply it to your next attempt. I fell 41,600 times in my skating life. If I stayed down even one of those 41,600 times, nothing good would have ever happened. And sometimes it hurt. It really physically hurt. So, you know, let's not give failure so much power over us and let's allow us to, you know, even critics. You know, I even address critics in the book. And it's like, well, is it opinion or is it fact? And if it's opinion, then who cares about that? We're not going to give people that kind of power over us. We can delete it if we want. Um, or if we can use it, use it. But then there's the factual side of it. Well, is that, that's, that's fact. Okay, that's a fact. How do I deal with that? Well, I can learn from it. Or I can dismiss that as something that I don't really feel applies to me. So you have power over your critics. I, I do a speech on the finish first, you know, the whole platform, the book. And I, I, all I do is, and I did it for this um, university leaderships group. <laughs> and I just put up one mean hateful tweet after another. And I saw these kids going like, and I go, do you think I care <laughs> like, even this much? These people would never say this to my face. And every single thing they say has nothing to do with what I'm doing or where I want to go in my life. So it's nothing. It's, it's not even noise. It's just nothing. So we can't let this stuff affect us. Yeah, I collected them for the sake of demonstration, but people, it's social media is nothing. It's zero. Zilch. It it doesn't accomplish anything. It's it's like instant gratification, instant dismissal, it's fast food, it's nothing. It it's there's no nutrition, none in social media. You, you can't build a business on social media. You can make it a little bump in your sales, but it's all about um who you are. And it's about who you know yourself to be and then building that inside of you to be able to keep moving forward and not getting stuck by whatever, anything negative. It's just keep going that way. I hope you all just took a whole lot of notes. And I know many of you already have gotten the recordings and the transcripts for this because um, I think on the author journey, especially Scott is like, but, you know, it's, it's a book, it's permanent, it's for life, you know, I can never change it. And, you know, what, and, you know, you will get haters. I mean, yeah. if you write a vanilla book that doesn't get any haters, you haven't, you haven't communicated a very strong message. So listen to what Scott just said about the opinions, you know, they're nothing. Be strong in here. And believe in what you're doing. Build that internal foundation, as we talked about, too, in uh, class number one. Once you get that foundation, you can withstand, you know, the people who might have opinions yeah. that, you know, differ from what maybe you'd like yeah. to uh, like to be hearing about your book. Because Lord knows you hear enough of the good stuff. But for some reason, it's easier to focus on the hater, you know, the few haters. And it is the hundreds who are raving about what it is that you're doing. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I go into how about this? American Idol was rejected by every single network. They thought it was trash. They didn't want anything to do with it. Are you kidding? Who'd want to watch that? Bunch of like karaoke singers? I don't know. We're not going to do that. And then one guy, you know, saw it for what it could be. And that was the, the last fourth network, Fox. And that was when Fox was just trying to be a network, right? Yeah. So I'm sure that, they're, you know, Simon Cowell and the creators of uh, American Idol wanted to go to one of the big three and go into the big splash. They said, no, no, no. 
and it became the number one show in television for a very long time. So we can't, you know, allow anyone to say, no, 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 you're, it's not good. No, 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 it's, you're not gonna, I mean, try being a short, bald male figure skater. You know, I think there's access barriers for you. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, here we go. But just keep moving forward, you know, for everybody that's out there and trying to accomplish anything. You're going to have a lot of people saying, nah, 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 just go out and let's go drinking or something. It's like, well, where that, where's that going to take me? Or don't you want to just hang out? It's like, yeah, but here's my block of time where I, I've dedicated to this. And mm. no one touches that. It doesn't exist to anyone but me. Sorry. Nothing touches it. You know, from there you can actually get some work done and, uh, and really be still and, and focused. Beautiful. And keep putting one path in front of the other on that path of transformation. It, you know, that's why this step is called paving your path. Yes. You know, the path of transformation is not you know, it's not paved for you. It, you know, it does not have beautiful sparkling, you know, gold leading you oh. down the road, <laughs> right? You gotta, yeah. you gotta pave it through yeah. your, through your own dedication and commitment. Well, I use so, the analogy in the book about bricks, you know, each brick, you know, builds, you know, your foundation and each showing up each day as a brick and, you know, doing this as a brick and, and putting time into that as a brick and changing the way brick, brick, brick. There's, you can't build a foundation with one brick unless you're an ant. And last <laughs> time I checked, you weren't an ant. So let's just try to build a solid foundation built on healthy stuff. You know, it's putting one brick down, another brick down, another brick down until you have a solid foundation. And, and I call those victories. Each one of those is a, is a win. Every day you show up is a win. Every day you move that, you know, that a little more forward to its goal, that's a win. And um, it's an extraordinary process. Once you get into that kind of, and it, it becomes who you are, you know, it's that this is my time and this is what I'm working on and I'm not going to let anyone get in the way of this. This is, this is, this doesn't, it's not even belong to me. It belongs to the project. It's getting rid of all that noise and distraction and all that stuff. Well, I have a feeling that we have a lot of people here who could like are just feeling themselves being filled up right now, feeling the possibility are making a commitment to themselves that they are going to pave, you know, their path of transformation, that they are going to write this book. But I also feel like they're like, oh, my gosh, can we have three more hours of Scott? No, because we are on a schedule here, but I am going to highly recommend um, you all go grab this book. I don't know if you can see it or because of the video, it's actually in reverse, but it's finished first. I happened to get it in the airport at LAX and I read it the entire way home. And um, honestly, I've integrated some of what Scott's talked about in here. And I have felt this book truly change me and how I, the level of commitment and dedication and intention and repetition that I'm putting into what I'm doing. I've blocked out time on my calendar for my important projects. And it's really sort of, I feel like it's a little fire under me in a whole new way. So please go grab your copy. It's available on Amazon. And if you go there, you'll see I wrote a review for the book. So you can read a little bit more about my personal experience. I think it was like your fifth review. It was very early on before you went on your media tour and everything. But please grab your copy on Amazon. Again, finish first. You won't regret it. It's an easier read, but it's a deep and powerful read. I don't so, use words. I negotiated my high school diploma. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> yes, very easy to read. So, 
proven things that work. And it, you know, it's like an infomercial. And it really works. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, I'm a living, breathing, walking, talking, raving testament. Um, I actually have brought your book to some of my writing retreats to you know, show it to people and have them take a look because oh, whenever okay. something impacts my life that profoundly, you know, I want to share it with the people that I love and care about. So I've got a lot of my authors actually reading this book already. Um, and, and I'm sure more come in as they're watching this. So Scott, anything you want to say to our, you know, thousands of authors watching before we close here? I know you've got to jump to something else. No. But any final words of wisdom? I, I, you know, I'm inspired by people that just put the time in. I'm inspired by people that have the vision. I'm inspired by people that really want to just put all the naysayers behind them and just forge their path, whatever it is. It can be in any walk of life. And, and we all have a purpose. We all have something that we need to share and need to get out there. Our lives are very finite, but what we have to offer our world can, can last well beyond our years. And, and I really want to encourage your viewers to, you know, to really look at that and say, you are important. You have a message. You have something that's in you that's so unique and so beautiful that needs to be experienced by others. And uh, just, I'm rooting for you. Get out there and get it done. Great. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Scott. I know I am full from this conversation with you as I imagine everyone watching is. So thank you so much for taking the time today. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's flashback episode. I'm sure you can see why I wanted to dust this interview off and share it with you today. Be sure to keep listening for more great flashback shows coming up in the future. And now it's time for the regular show close. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in. 